This is Exploring the Seasons of Life podcast, episode 56. I'm Cindy McMillan, and today's guest is Sheridan Decker. Welcome to Exploring the Seasons of Life, a podcast for women with a big heart on a spiritual journey. Each week, join Cindy McMillan as she interviews coaches, spiritual explorers, and celebrants from all walks of life about beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between. Self-love, well-being, and mindset are at the heart of our conversations because once you change the inside, the outside will begin to change as well. Gut and hormone nutritionist Sheridan Decker has a sports science degree, master's in nutrition, and postgraduate studies in functional diagnostic nutrition. Having spent years battling chronic IBS, bloating, missing periods, adult acne, and food intolerances, she now educates women one-to-one and in her group program, The Gut Hormone Solution, on how to address the underlying cause of these symptoms. Sheridan, thank you so much for being on the on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Pleasure. That was quite the introduction, so I'm excited to share. There have been so many articles recently on the gut. And I was just reading one in the Wall Street Journal just a couple weeks ago. And it was saying the microbiome or the collection of microbes that live on and inside the human body plays a crucial role in physical and mental health. Not only does it protect against pathogens, it also trains the immune system, instructs the metabolism, and helps program the brain, among other things. And so when I was reading that, I was really so interested in having someone on to really talk about the gut. I'm excited to dig into this today with you. Yeah, awesome. I think there is, like you said, more and more information coming out about the bacteria in our digestive system and how there's trillions in there and how our body is actually so smart in outsourcing its digestion and all those functions to these bacteria. It's actually such a great symbiosis, the way our body works together doing its thing. Well, and and as we go on, we're going to get into that a lot deeper, but I want to start off the podcast with my favorite question, and that is, what does exploring the seasons of life mean to you personally or in your business? Yeah, so seasons of life to me personally, I think about those hard seasons. So a bit of my background was when I was chronically sick for six years, which is why I now do what I do. And that real hard season of my life, I was really stressed. I had a lot of constipation and a lot of bloating issues, a lot of stomach pain. Um, I struggled with a lot of stress and anxiety. I had a lot of hormonal imbalances. I didn't have periods for six years. So there was all these complex things going on to me I look back on it now and I go wow that that was a really hard season that was really confusing I felt I guess emotionally I was trying to please a lot of people I was really strung out with all the study that I was doing in university Um, and for now or now I try and learn to not so much focus on having that perfect life but embrace that it can be hard but also know that I've moved through that season and that season is what now makes me so passionate about 
doing what I do and helping and empowering women uh, to see that change and to look for root causes and to know that, you know, there is something on the other side of what they're going through. Yeah, it's always those seasons where that are a little bit harder for us so that we learn so much about ourselves and about about life in, in general. So thank you for going through that. And you touched on that a little bit about your journey to becoming a gut and hormone nutritionist. Can you just go into your journey a little bit deeper? Yeah, sure. So I was a very healthy young 17, 18 year old. Um, I grew up in a very active lifestyle, eating really well, uh, playing a lot of sports, doing a lot of things. Then I actually went on the birth control pill when I was about 18 for my skin because my acne was really severe and it was kind of the quick fix solution at that time. And then I lived in Perth, Western Australia, and we went to Bali a lot. I went overseas on a holiday. I actually got really sick over there. I know now that I picked up a parasite, but I didn't know that at the time. I then came back and I was quite unwell. I then got glandular fever. And then from that point onwards, my immune system was never the same. I always had really, really low white blood cell count. I was always really bloated. I had a lot of stomach pain every night. I looked really, really pregnant. I lost my periods then, which, like I said, I didn't get back for six years. Uh, So I had all this stuff going on. At the same time I was studying, I did a sports science degree and then I went on to do nutrition because that was kind of where my passion lied. And I thought, hey, like maybe there's some answers in this nutrition stuff. And then I started doing a bit of personal training with women from my sports science degree and I was also making meal plans and I was finding that women weren't getting better. So They were doing all the things, I like to say, and they were doing the exercise, they were eating the healthy food, but they weren't getting the results they were after. They're still struggling with a lot of gut and hormone imbalances. This then um, pushed me to go on and do functional diagnostic nutrition, which is when for the first time someone actually started to look at the root cause and what was going on with my body. Because over all these years, I had seen gastroenterologist, I'd seen someone with my immune system, like an immunologist, I'd seen gynecologists for my periods, I'd seen countless GPs blood tests, scans, colonoscopies, endoscopies, um, bone marrow stuff, all to say, oh, you're healthy and you're fine. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not okay, but medically I was okay. And the only solution was the birth control pill. And I just thought that's not good enough. Like that's that's not a solution for a 20-year-old who's got missing periods and has got severe gut pain. Like there's got to be something more. So then when I did functional diagnostic nutrition, we actually started looking at stool testing, what was going on with the gut, what was going on with the hormones, like comprehensive urine testing. And from that point, I finally, for the first time, I started to get some answers. It was like, well, you're perimenopausal, you have no hormones in your body because you're so strung out. You're so strung out because your body's fighting a couple parasites. It's fighting a really large candida overgrowth. It's fighting these bacterial overgrowths. So there was all of that going on as well as, you know, leaky gut, inflammation, autoimmune triggers. So it was all these things that the medical system couldn't tell me. But when we started looking at the actual functioning of my body, we started to get answers. And then that is why 
I do what I do now. You know, Sheridan, I love your story. At, at the beginning of uh, this year, 2021, I decided to go to a functional medicine practitioner because I had been going to all kinds of doctors and I was just getting the, um, about my thyroid and why didn't seem to be getting better from all the symptoms that I was having. And I thought, no, there's got to be something more than just being told it's because I'm getting older. That doesn't make sense. That just didn't make sense to me. So, and I just, and I had the food sensitivity test and I've gotten the results back on that. And that was very interesting, by the way. Um, And I still have a few other things to do. So I absolutely love that you've just started digging in to what was going on in your old bo- your own body because that's now what I'm doing. Yeah, it's so important and I think it's the it's the educating and the empowering stuff. So I've started that podcast, the Empowered Hormones podcast. I do live workshops, I do consulting, I do these things. I talk to women, I talk to groups of women because I want them to know that there's answers for the symptoms they're experiencing. Like it doesn't just, you don't have to live with it, you know, like just getting older or just being a bit stressed or whatever. It's not an answer. Like IBS, irritable bowel syndrome is not an answer. It's not a diagnosis. PCOS is not, it's not in its solidarity. It's not the diagnosis. There's other things like it's just a collection of symptoms. I am digging in so deep in in what I'm trying to learn about myself. It's just amazing to me. So I'm just going to love this conversation today. (laughs) Yes, perfect. So what does it mean when you say internal and external stress is interesting? I can't even say that word. Intrinsically linked. They are bound together. Yes, 100%. Like if you think about it, I say this to women all the time. I'm like, you know what? We can do, Cindy, we can do the internal work. We can look at, you know, your gut. We can look at your thyroid. We can look at your hormones. We can balance out your diet. We can do all that stuff, which is going to be great and it's going to be really helpful But if you don't do the external work, if you don't take away some of those day-to-day stresses, if you don't look at environmental toxins, if you don't look at how busy you are in your life, if you don't take time to rest, if you don't take time to meditate, if, you know, you're really strung out with your finances, if there's too much going on for a busy mum with three kids and a husband and a this and a that and a business, if we don't start to manage those things and control those things and put boundaries in place, then the internal stuff's not going to get better because your body's still in that constant fight or flight and that's where the issues occur because it's causing this inflammation and your body doesn't distinguish between I'm running from a tiger or I'm stressed. It just goes something's happening and too much is happening at once. We got to move. Stuff's got to happen. And for me, I knew that because I wasn't having periods because my body's going, Sheridan, we're running from a bear right now. The last thing we want is for you to fall pregnant. And it's the same thing. Your body prioritizes what it needs at that time. It is built amazingly and created beautifully to keep you alive. And by doing that, it focuses on the biggest priorities and if your biggest priorities is Instagram and social media and people and work and all these external influences then 
the internal stuff is only going to get you so far. If we're doing the meditation and we're we're going inside, if we're not taking the action outside, is what you're saying, right? If we're not making some changes on the outside, that stress just isn't going to get better. Is stress what causes inflammation? Well, it depends because if your body is in, if you're, so there's those two types of stress. There's that internal stress, say, from your body fighting a parasite. Like you don't have control over that per se, but you have control of how many things or how many exercise classes you jam into your day, right? So if your body is responding to too much exercise, then it's putting up more cortisol to downplay inflammation because exercise causes inflammation in the body in micro amounts which is fine but you've got to be able to have a response to that if you've got leaky gut lining or parasites in there and it's causing all that damage again your body's got to respond to that it's got to heal to that so if it's always putting out white blood cells or your immune system and I often see this in stool tests is people's immune systems are super super low in their gut so it's called SIG IGA and it's saying it's really low my body's been in fight or flight mode for too long and I can't do this anymore I'm not putting out an immune response anymore too much stuff has happened so I do think that are interlinked but there's inflammation is caused by something going on and it might be that leaky gut which is when those cell walls in your large intestine instead of being shoulder to shoulder they actually separate and things get into your bloodstream which sets off that immune response and that's where that inflammation comes from because something's not right in there. Going back to the the doctor that I've started seeing the stool test is next that I'm going to be doing. So as I'm hearing you talk about it, I I really hear how how important that is. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, And there are a lot of different stool tests on the market. So it is really careful to make sure that you get one from a really good lab as well. So make sure you do your research on your practitioner, make sure you do your research on your lab, make sure you do the research on your prices, all those kinds of things, because there's a huge variance between them. And here in Australia, you can go to your GP who might be bulk billing so you're not paying for them as such the government's paying for it and you can do like a free stool sample but it'll only tell you like three or four parasites and three or four bacteria so it only looks for a couple things whereas when you do the comprehensive stool analysis um, like uh, neutropath labs is what we use here and there's diagnostic solutions or diagnostic something um, overseas that other people use they look really, really comprehensively down into your stool and go, these are all the bacteria. So there's about, I don't know, 20-odd overgrowth that can flag. There's, you know, another 10 of the good gut flora and can see how many of those you've got. Then you can see a range of about 10 parasites, 10 bacterial pathogens, your leaky gut marker, your digestive enzymes, your immune response, like I said, the amount of fat in your stool. So it just tells us this whole picture rather than one or two things in isolation. It sounds like all doctors should be doing that. Oh, that would be the (laughs) dream, Cindy. That would be the absolute dream. So going back to stress for just a moment, what are three stress reduction strategies that someone could start today, basically? 
Yeah, so the, one of the biggest things I always tell my clients for stress reduction around food, because this is a big one, is that if we're not taking the time to eat and chew and absorb our food properly, you're causing this internal stress within your gut because your gut needs to know that, hey, right now we're sitting, okay, we're sitting, we're eating, we're digesting. It, you, you can't eat on the go and expect your body to be able to digest as well because it's like, well, there's blood pumping to my legs, to my arms, to my brain, to everything else, not to my digestive tract. So stop when you eat, sit down, eat mindfully and stop that cortisol spike. That's massive for internal stress and actually for headspace as well. That's how our ancestors did it. That's how they used to do it. They sat around and they had a decent meal. They were not on Instagram and doing emails and talking to someone and driving at the same time. Um, Then obviously mindset and meditation. So podcasts actually really helped me here in the sense of finding little short ones, like these little mindful ones that I could just listen to someone else talking because it would get me out of my headspace for starters. And I know some people are amazing and they can sit there and meditate and breathe and that's all really good for their, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever it is. I can't do that. I'm happy to admit I cannot do that. My brain is just wired to go. So listening to another voice is really calming to me and having someone talk me through it, have a bit of music, those kinds of things. So find your level of meditation and what works for you. Work your way up, work your way down. Maybe it's breathing. Like sometimes I find that breathing practices are really good um, just to focus on those belly breaths, inhale, exhale, those kinds of things. So that mindset meditation is the second one and that is key. And whatever that looks like to you, belly breathing, podcasts, quiet time, sunrise, find that space and just be present. Uh, And then the third one that I really push is actually social time. So time with loved ones, time with family and time with friends. And I really believe that the year that we've had or having with COVID has shown us how important that is. I really think that we've undervalued it over the years because we've got so much contact with so many people so easily. But walking with someone, having a cup of tea, having a cry, just allowing others to be there. When that got taken away or is still taken away in certain places around the world, I think we really go, wow, I didn't realise how much it would impact my internal stress, my external stress, my mental health. So prioritising that when you can, I think it's really important and it has made us really aware of how important it is. Yeah, I was doing some journaling and, and I was really journaling around connection and, and missing people and what I want to do once we get out of, you know, this COVID-19 yep. restrictions. And it was just be around people and have that connection. Yep, yep totally. So I believe, and I, and I kind of talked about this a little bit, that a lot of women just get Band-Aids when they go to the doctor Do you have a story that you could share of taking someone through your program and getting to the root cause? 
Yeah, so I talk to women daily um, and often it's around the same kinds of things. It's like I've just been told I went to my doctor and I've got IBS and they've told me that's what I've got for life or I've got these heavy painful periods and my only solution is birth control. And I had this amazing client um, and she came to me and she was a youngish girl. She was like 20 and she was like, Sheridan, like I've seen my GP. I just feel lost at ends. I stumbled across you. I, you know, saw your stuff and went, oh, maybe this girl can help me. And when I heard her story, it was like identical to mine, all this gut pain, all this period pain, all these things going on. And she was really like, I was super proud of her because she said to her GP, no, I'm not taking the pill as a Band-Aid approach. I'll take it if I don't want to fall pregnant, but I'm not taking it as a Band-Aid approach. And also I'm going to look into this gut stuff because surely I don't have to struggle with irregular stools for the rest of my life. So we had all this stuff going on and we ran some testing in her. We ran the uh, GI map, so the stool test, and we also ran the Dutch test, which uh, is a functional comprehensive hormone test, which is amazing as well. And we found that she had uh, parasite overgrowth, so blastocystis hominis. She had two or three bacterial overgrowths um, and she had really low levels of those good microbiome so there's gut microbiome diversity now we went through our step-by-step protocols we worked on removing the parasite rebalancing those what we call gut dysbiosis so the good to bad bacteria levels so we balanced that out and then we did the best part my favorite bit what was rebuilding that gut microbiome diversity so adding in fibres, adding in supplements that not only healed that leaky gut but also fed those good gut flora, which you can do through diet, but when someone's really reactive and in a lot of pain and reacting to even like a salad and a glass of water, then then you need to use the supplements to rebuild that microbiome, then you can add more foods back in. So the gut was key because that's, I always say, at the bottom of that pyramid. Then we went on to look at that liver support, that adrenal support for estrogen. So she had really high um, estrogen excess, so she wasn't detoxifying it properly out of her body. And this was actually a liver problem. So the liver just wasn't binding it up and clearing it properly. So by supporting phase one and phase two of the liver, her periods got so much better. She actually lost a couple kilos and not because she was trying, but because her body was in so much of a healthier state, she was eating better. So we, you know, worked on that nutrient density, but she'd still go out and eat meals that weren't strictly paleo or whatever, but she could tolerate and handle them again after all these years of gut issues. So that was really great. And then her having the best periods she's ever had, it was just beautiful. And even her skin cleared up a bit and we weren't going in for the skin stuff. I wasn't treating the skin. I was treating the gut, but by treating the gut, all these other things started to get better. Uh, Where were you years ago, Sheridan? (laughs) I know. I wonder where I was when I was sick. Like, come on, I needed a Sheridan in my life. That is a great um, story and a success for your client. And I just wish more women had access to people like you that are, are practicing gut and hormone nutrition. 
yeah, I just wish there was more knowledge about it. I wish the GPs knew where to turn to. I wish women knew where to turn to. I wish we had better relationships between our medical system and our naturopathic integrative functional system. You mentioned paleo just then when you were talking about your client. Do you recommend a paleo diet or do you recommend any kind of diet per se at all? I don't recommend a specific diet per se, but what I do focus on is a whole food diet. But if you're going through a certain stage of a protocol, like if you're going through a parasitic protocol or a bacterial protocol, we will use different diet so to speak like elimination style diets or like a low FODMAP which is low in fermentable fibers type diet or something like that for a certain period of time so they're always short term six to eight weeks then you want to rebuild that gut flora and you want to reintroduce that food because if you go on something like paleo or keto long term even though you know they might be good for certain aspects or certain people a, you've got to think about your hormonal balance, especially women with keto diets, um, super important to think about that. But also with paleo diets or diets that eliminate all grains, grains are a really good source of prebiotic fiber as well. Same with nuts and seeds, um, fruits, vegetables, all your different spices and herbs. They're amazing fiber sources for your gut. So when you're removing them long term, you're removing that food for your gut for those good bacteria that you actually want to feed. So you really need to think about how long you're on it, what are you doing it for, what's your outcome, and what's your what's your end goal? Like is it to, you know, remove this yeast or candida overgrowth and then to reintroduce your foods? Or do you just want to stay on this diet forever, but you're going to impact your microbiome diversity? Thanks for going into that because you hear so much about specific types of diet and believe me, I've tried them all throughout my life. And so I just want to be able to eat healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Having that balance is so, so important. And it's also easier for mental health and body image and food sort of connections, food relationships, if we've got a very balanced approach to food. Now, you mentioned prebiotics. So you go into a health food store, for example, and you're looking at the probiotics and someone who's not you know, an expert on prebiotics and probiotics, there's this vast array to choose from. Are there specific strains that we should be taking for our gut health? Yeah, so prebiotics and probiotics, again, depends on what you're doing and what your outcomes are. And this is why I always say, work with a practitioner and make sure you're getting good quality pre and probiotics because you can go out to, you know, the pharmacy or the chemist and buy just a probiotic, for example, which might have, you know, a few strains in it. But it depends on your gut issues. If you've got IBS, if you've got seasonal allergies, if you're, you know, got leaky gut lining. So two of the most common popular strains that, you know, we tend to see across the board is lactobacillus and bifobactam. These are really great strains for sort of general health and assisting that sort of gut healing. But you want to make sure, again, when you're looking for a strain of these, that there is, for something like lactobacillus, it's the main bacteria, but there's like 10 different strains of lactobacillus. So you don't just want one, you want 
a whole range of strains of that type of bacteria. And you also want to make sure there's a, a count of them of like 30 to 50 billion. So you don't just want, you know, 10. You want to make sure there's enough in there as well. That's the other thing. So really it comes back to what your goal is and that's why I like to do this stool testing because I like to see what you have like if you've already got lots of lactobacillus in your gut then I don't see the point of paying 60 70 80 dollars of taking one as well so it comes down to that um but prebiotics prebiotics you can't go wrong with they are better than probiotics because they're actually feeding the good gut flora whereas probiotics are there to remove inflammation help with symptoms stop allergies heal the gut lining so they're short-term and transitional whereas prebiotics feed your good gut flora um a really easy strain to start with it's called phgg so it's uh just they're just like dissolvable fibers. If you follow, there's a book by Dr. Will, I'm going to say his name wrong, Dr. Will Birschler, and it's called Fiber Fueled, and it is amazing. One of my most favorite books, easy to read for everyone. I recommend everyone go buy it. It's incredible. But we talk about these prebiotic fibers like PHGG that you just rotate through month by month, PHGG or inulin or GOS. There's a few different ones out there. But you just need to start small, start like a quarter of a teaspoon. Um, I've got some really great podcast episodes on this as well where you just start with it small and you build up day to day to day, just like going into the gym. You don't just grab the biggest weight and start working out with that. You need to feed your gut bacteria slowly and build your way up. So that's how I would do it and I would take prebiotics daily. Probiotics I would take around a certain protocol or cause or something that you're actually dealing with. Sheridan, if you'll send me the your um, podcast episodes that you have around that, I will put that into the show notes. Yeah, perfect. No worries. I really appreciate all the information that you're sharing. And what would you tell your 18-year-old self about the season of life you're in right now? You will get through this. That's probably my biggest thing. You won't have to live with this pain forever. You won't be constipated forever. You're not going to, you know, not have a period forever. You're going to study. You're going to find answers. You will find someone to help you and you will get through this. It's not forever. Uh, that's that's great advice for an 18-year-old. So can you tell the listeners your website and how they can find you and work with you in your social media? Yeah, sure. So my website is just my name, so sheridandecker.com, but it is spelled a little bit differently. So make sure you have a look at Cindy's notes or my name, but it is S-H-E-R-A-D-Y-N. So Sheridan Decker, D-E-K-K-E-R. So that's my website. Facebook, similar, Sheridan Decker, functional nutritionist. Um, Instagram, similar, Sheridan underscore functional nutritionist. And my podcast is Empowered Hormones with Sheridan Decker. So I really hope to, yeah, connect with some of your listeners. And if anyone's got questions, feel free to send me a message on Instagram. I'm pretty active on there. I do love the old DMs. Um, otherwise, send me a email and I'm happy to, um, yeah, send you any of those prebiotic fibers or things that you've got questions on. 
Well, thank you again for being a guest. This has been wonderful. And, and I could go on and on and on, but I know it's really early in Australia right now. Yes, it is. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to chat. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on Exploring the Seasons of Life podcast. Make sure to visit our website, CynthiaMacMillan.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify, so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you could simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out as well. Until next time, live inspired.